peoples of the Worldwide Federated Internet, what's good? If you were to take a survey and ask a group of, let's say, 10 people, do you know where you're going when you die? You probably get various answers. Um, Over the years, talking to people, I've got different answers when that question is asked. I've heard, yes, I definitely know where I'm going. I have heard, well, I don't know, but I think I'm a good person. And then I've also heard, yes, I keep the commandments. And those answers, when measured up against the Bible, don't hold weight. So I'm going to ask a question before I start this. And this would be more geared towards somebody who is not saved. And let's say you're on the fence. So you've you've heard the gospel or maybe you've heard the terms you don't really understand fully. I'm going to try to make this as clear as possible. It is my desire that people get saved. That is my desire. But my question that I want to ask you is, what are you waiting for? So we're going to start out and I'm going to go to. The book of Galatians, chapter 3, and we're going to read verses 9 through 13. So y'all know what it is. Let's get into this. So book of Galatians, chapter 3, verses 9 through 13. So then, they which be of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. For as many as are of the works of the law, are under the curse. For it is written, Cursed is everyone that continueth not in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them, but that no man is justified by the law in the sight of God. It is evident. For the just shall live by faith, and the law is not of faith, but the man that doeth them shall live in them. Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. Going through those verse at a cursory glance, there's there's several things that are clear, very clear if you're paying attention. Now, for the person who is not saved and, and the person who is not saved and resting on the commandments as your as your foundation of salvation, I want to show you something from the Bible that 
that thing that you're holding on to as a foundation is not what you think it is. And I'm going to point out some things in these verses. So if you look in in verse 11, the Bible says, but that no man is justified by the law in the sight of God. It is evident. So now for a person who hears this and said to themselves, you know, when, when the question came up, where are you going when you die? For the person who said to themselves, yeah, I'm, I'm going to heaven. I, I keep the commandments. I'm going to ask you, are you right or is the Bible right? Because if you say you're right and the Bible's wrong, you're contending with God. It's his law. It's not yours. It's his. And in verse 11, the Bible says, but that no man is justified by the law in in the sight of God, it is evident. That word evident means plain, open to be seen, clear to the mental eye, apparent, manifest. Now, this is what I want you to think about. <clears throat> for those who are resting in the commandments for the foundation of your salvation. The Bible says, so then they which be of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. That 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 phrase right there, that's that that verse right there is of dire importance when understanding how a person is justified in the sight of God. And I'm going to explain to you why. In verse 10, the Bible says, for as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse. The Bible just said, if if the law is what you're trusting, you don't have a foundation. You are under a curse. What is the cursed? Cursed is everyone that continueth not in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. If you have ever broken one commandment. Now, remember our our scale is not God's scale, right? So when I when I ask about breaking a commandment, what a person would probably be more inclined to say is, well, I've never told any big lies. That's not God's scale. A lie is a lie. If you ever bear false witness at all, if you've ever done it, you've broken the law, period. That's it. So this is what I'm going to point out about faithful Abraham. For those who are resting in the law, resting in the commandments, not understanding what the commandments are truly for. The Bible says that the law is our is the schoolmaster to bring us to Christ. Abraham was justified in the sight of God. Here's the interesting thing about that for those who are resting in the law and the commandments for salvation. This was before the commandments. Abraham was justified in the sight of God before the commandments were ever given. The the commandments is in the book of Exodus. Well, Moses, Noah was justified in the sight of God before the commandments. 
if you had nothing else, that alone should show you that the commandments, resting in the commandments, is not what you think it is. The Bible, even after verse 9, so then they which, are, they which uh, be of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. When you look at verse 10, the law brings a curse. What does the law do? The law shows you that you need a savior. That you are completely inadequate. Most of us have blasphemed the name of God. Most of us have, have taken the, the, the Lord's name in vain. And that and so when most people think about that, they only think about using God with a curse at the end. But nobody thinks about using God flippantly. Using the name of the Lord Jesus Christ flippantly. That's using the Lord's name in vain. When you when you use the Lord's name in any other aspect other than to show the majesty of God, if you use his name flippantly, using his name in vain. Like I said, we've all we've all lied. I don't know. I don't know of a person that has never in their entire life told a lie. And if you tell me that you haven't, then I'm that's really going to prove the point, right? Now I'm not. I'm not saying that there aren't people out there that are generally honest, but at some point we've all lied about something. The bottom line is. No man is justified in the sight of God by the law. There's only one in history who kept the law, and he was 100% man and 100% God, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ. In the book of Romans, chapter 6, and verse 23, Uh, let me see Romans six twenty three. Hmm. It's the wrong verse there. Romans six twenty three. The Bible says, "For the wages of sin is death." Now I want you to let that sink in. The wages of sin is death. Violation of God's law has to be paid for. You have one of two options. You can pay for it yourself or try, which you can't. No man can. You paying for your, you trying to pay for your own sin, not going to get you to heaven. Or you can accept God's payment. Costs you nothing. Takes you nothing. The Bible says, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. He, he did all the work. Why, why, would I, why would I even try to do something when God is telling me this is a gift? Like you're trying to work for something that I'm telling you I will give you freely because you can't pay this debt. You don't have the spiritual income to pay this debt. 
but I have paid it for you. Imagine, imagine you have a debt that you couldn't pay and somebody's telling you, nah, don't worry about it. I got the money. I'll pay for that. And you're saying, no, I want to work for it myself. And they're like, dog, you don't make enough money to pay this off. I'm telling you, I got it. This is a gift. You owe me nothing. I'm going to pay this off for you. And you're like, nah, nah, I'm going to do this myself. That is what you're doing when you are trying to rest on your ability or lack thereof to keep the commandments, which is not going to be possible, right? So you've sinned. Now that sin, someone has to die for that sin. You don't have the spiritual equity to pay for that. In the book of Romans, again, chapter 3, verse 21 and 26. But now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ unto all and upon all that believe, for there is no difference. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Now, to the person who in their mind, because I know inevitably this happens, people in their mind think to themselves, no, well, you can't judge me. I've kept the law. I haven't done anything bad. Okay, hold that thought. Again, I'm going to ask this question again. Are you right or is God's word right? Because God said, for all have sin and come short of the glory of God. Being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God hath set forth to be a propitiation through faith in his blood to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are passed through the forbearance of God. To declare, I say, at this time, his righteousness, that he might be justified, the justifier of him which believeth in Jesus. God has made this so simple. And I remember, I remember when I was lost, heard the gospel, fought it in my heart for so long. When I, when I think about that now, it's like that was foolish. This is simple. God did not make like it, it wasn't like I had to save up some money or do something crazy or bring something to God. All I had to do is turn from myself and turn to God, repent and believe the gospel. That word propitiation that's used in verse 25 means the act of appeasing wrath and consolating the favor of an offended person 
the act of making propitious. So the Lord Jesus Christ appeased the holy wrath of God in our place. He took the place that I should have been in. He paid the price that I should have paid. I owed God a debt that I could not make good on. There's nothing I could do to make good on this. And the, and the, the great God of heaven and earth paid that debt. Like, I'm not joking with you when I tell you that gives me chills. The great God of heaven and earth said, don't worry about it. I got this. You can't pay this. I'm going to pay it for you. All you have to do is accept that payment. Think about that and think about the question, what are you waiting for? Now, I'm going to show you how simple this is because in this day and age, now understand that I'm not going to, I'm not going to make the comment that a person get saved and you could just go back and do whatever you want. Because if you truly think about this, think about everything I'm telling you. If a person truly receives this, do you think they're just going to go off and live and do whatever they want? This, this changes you forever. It doesn't mean you're going to do everything right. It doesn't mean you'll never sin ever again. It doesn't mean you'll never do anything wrong. But this changes you to the core for life. So the Philippian jailer, so the story, the Apostle Paul in jail, some things happen. The cells were open. The Philippian jailer sees the cells open. He thinks the prisoners have escaped. He is nervous. He's like, I'm about to be killed. Paul says, hey, wait, hold off. Don't kill yourself. We're still in here. We didn't go anywhere. The Philippian jailer, super thankful, recognizes God's mercy. He heard Paul's preaching. And here's where we pick up uh, verse, uh, verse 30. And brought them out and said, sirs, what must I do to be saved? So clearly he heard them preaching about salvation. And he was like, yo, I need to know about this. I need to, I'm inquiring about the salvation from, from this great God of heaven and earth that you're talking about. What do I have to do to be saved? Simple question. And it, and it give it's a simple answer is given. This is not complicated. And they said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved and thy house. What did they tell him to do? What did he have to do to be saved? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. So this is the question I ask for the people who are resting on the law. We saw what the law brings. The law shows you that you're under a curse. See, the law is not there to make you right with God. Mm -mm. The law is there to point out to you that you're not right with God. It shows you your flaws. The law is that illuminator. It's that flashlight that points out all your wickedness. And that shows you your need for a savior. So I'm going to ask my question again. What are you waiting for? 
What are you what are you waiting for to get to get saved? To believe on the Lord Jesus Christ? To to people who are lost, what are you waiting for? To the people who follow me who are saved, thank God for salvation. Send this to someone you know who's lost, who you've been trying to reach. What are you waiting for? You are gambling with your eternity. The Bible says our life is a vapor. A vapor's here and gone. You, you, t- you start boiling some water in a pot. That, that mist, that vapor that comes up from the water goes up and it's gone. The, the Bible compares your life to that. That's how fast this life is. I feel like I was 16 yesterday. I'm 41. What are you waiting for? God, God paid the price for you. There's not even anything you have to do. What are you waiting for? You're going to wait. Until there's no more time. I guarantee. I say guarantee. Who knows. If I had to guess. I would say. Everyone who dies without the Lord Jesus Christ. One of the first thoughts they have. When they open their eyes in eternity. Right after that moment of death. Is. What. Was I. Thinking. Probably in their torment, thoughts rush to their brain about the gospel that was brought to them. Somebody that 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 spoke to them from the Bible, explained to them what they had to do to be saved. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. What are you waiting for? You see, most people think, well, man, I have to. Man, I have to do this and then I have to do that. See, what you're thinking is you're thinking about. The things that you assume you're going to lose. What have you lost if you gain an eternity with God? Y'all know what it is. Stay frosty, people.